What happens when we are really impressed by what we see in the mirror? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. We are up to the Torah portion of Nusso, a rather long portion within which we meet the Nazir. Many of the translations will call the Nazir the Nazirite. I'm not sure how much that helps, but the Nazir is one who is in a mode of abstaining and in the process of abstaining, elevating, growing, aspiring to greater spiritual heights. The particulars are an abstinence from wine, actually all grape-related products, from grooming of the hair and eventually cutting off the hair, and a detachment, a distance from anything associated with death, or I should say from, from the deceased itself. Now, this Nazir, is a situation which, again, we don't technically today have that typically. We don't currently have the process by which to finish the process. It involves bringing an offering in the temple, and I don't recommend taking on the Nazar status without the ability to end the process, although I should say while I'm recording this, we don't yet have the temple rebuilt in Jerusalem. Hopefully by the time you're listening, that will have changed. But the conclusion of the Nazir process would be that offering in the temple. And the Talmud describes that Shimon HaTzadik, Shimon the Righteous at the beginning of the Second Temple period, proclaimed that I would not eat of the offering presented by the Nazir, the Nazir who was Tameh, a Nazir who had become defiled and had to bring an offering to uh, kind of restart the process, but he avoided partaking of such offerings, commentaries explaining, he was afraid that perhaps there was an element to which the Nazarite oath had not been fully sincere, or that there had been some backstepping from this, and it was not really being brought as a an absolutely appropriate offering in the temple. And as such, someone brings an animal as an offering, but it did not fit the proper parameters of an offering, that's really out of place and should not be brought, and hence that meat should not be eaten. So he generally was timid about partaking in the offerings of such a Nazir. But he describes an exception. One time, a Nazir individual came from the south, and I, I saw that this particular individual had a beautiful countenance and beautiful locks of hair, and I said to him, my son, he says, Bini, what did you see? What did you see to destroy this beautiful hair? Meaning that although the hair grows while being a Nazir, since when you declared yourself the Nazir, you knew that eventually you'd have to cut off all that hair. So you really were setting yourself up. You were starting the clock towards the elimination of that hair. Why did you do so? And this particular individual describes that I was a shepherd. I was tending to my father's flocks, and I went to fill water from the spring, and I saw my my image in the water. I saw my reflection in the spring. And pachaz alai yitzri, the evil inclination, grabbed hold of me. He like jumped me. And he wanted to destroy me, to knock me out of the world. And he doesn't say clearly what it was that the evil inclination was trying to encourage him, but we see from the next line that he said, I responded, Russia, you wicked one. I said, why? You, you there in the water, me, looking at that reflection. Why are you allowing your ego to be so inflated, misga'eh, ga'ava, 
Go'en, ego are probably related words. Why are you letting your ego carry you away? And apparently that's what the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, was playing on this. Oh, you're so beautiful. You're so special. You should focus more on your physicality and on your physical beauty. And why are you allowing that physical body to be such a big deal in the terminology over here? You're misga'ah ba'olam she'eno shalcha, in a world that's not yours. What does he mean by that? He continues, This body, as glorious as it is, and perhaps maybe he was also physically very strapping and strong, but the body eventually is going to be the foodstuff of the maggots. It's going to be infested with the worms in the grave. And he went on to say, And he swore that I'm going to cut off that hair for the sake of heaven. And that's what triggered his being the Nazir, the Nazirite, which now leads him to the temple and this encounter with Shimon HaTzadik. And Shimon HaTzadik's response was, Miyad immediately amadati v'nashagti v'arosho. I kissed him on his head. V'amartilo, I said to him, B'ni, my son. Although, again, I've avoided partaking of the food brought, the offerings brought by any Nazir until this point. But like you, kamocha yirbu nozri Naziris b'Yisrael. To do that, to have that proper reaction to that temporary, even very momentary uh, sense of that ego building up and that focus on physical self to want to curb that, to temper that with this Nazarite oath, that is appropriate. Now, within this piece, this focus on how he reacted to that which he saw in his mirror, the reflection in the water, his mirror, I see something and that is so special and I'm feeling so special and I'm on kind of top of the world and I am the center of the world. But he recognized that's a mistake. Now, remember, the Nazir is not told to eliminate his body, God forbid, or even to eliminate forever his hair. Just that there's going to be this growth and then the elimination of all the hair and then it can grow back. But there has to be kind of that shock to the system, that jarring and the pushback. And I'm not going to let that get the better of me. I'm not going to let my physicality take over and my focus on my physicality or my focus on my particular greatness. In this case, is physical beauty. I'm not going to let that get the best of me. So I'm going to rid myself of that temporarily, go through a process of bolstering my spirituality, detached from a focus on the mundane and the, and the physical and that which can pull me down, focusing on my spirituality, and then I can get back into a mode where I can exist in the world with that physicality. Interestingly, the degree to which being this Nazarite, shifting out of the mundane, could really work, could catapult one to greater spiritual heights, is seen in the commentary of the Baal Haturim when he explains the distance from the deceased. That's probably the most um, cryptic of the elements. Okay, staying away from wine, grape products, understandable. They're not grooming the hair and eventually cutting it off. We can see the point of that, at least in this context, but that the Nazarite has to stay distant from the deceased. What is the message in that? And there are various approaches in the commentators. The Balaturim explains that we so anticipate the Nazarite rising through this process when he is kind of uh, let go of some of the mundane and some of the base and physical 
and putting attention to the spiritual, we so anticipate that he will in fact be catapulted to great spiritual heights that we expect that he will be one who will have a greater connectivity with the divine. We expect that he will be in tune to elements of the sublime, the spiritual, the terminology over there, there'll be hashras, hashchina, a presence of God upon him, that the outsider observing this Nazir will perceive somebody who is somehow, he's living a, a different existence and he is, he's privy to all types of spiritual truths. Well, there's a risk that the person will say, well, where did that come from? Where did he get these messages, this understanding, these more spiritual kind of uh, radio waves? And people can confuse and think, oh, that came. Yeah, I remember he was at a funeral recently and he's kind of like bonding with the soul of that deceased person. Like the seance, I think necromancy, you know, he's, he's kind of being in tune as the soul leaves the body. And again, these are behaviors that are foreign to us and prohibited by the Torah. But we can imagine when these were common practice in many cultures, that people would say, oh, this is where it's coming from. And then actually the resurgence of this, even in different kind of uh, subcultures today of like tuning into, yeah, kind of locking to concepts of death and trying to kind of shift in very negative ways from the standard routine of the physical world, more association with the deceased and their souls, that's not where we want to go. And that's not where we want to, people to think the Nazir has gone. So he's detached from the deceased, but we see in the comment of the Balaturim that we very much are expecting that the Nazirite is going to get to very significant spiritual places as a result of this process. Some of us may look in a mirror and not be overwhelmed by the beauty of the body that we see or the physical prowess of the body that we see and instead are noticing, hey, there's a little extra gray hair or a few extra pounds. But there are other mirrors that we may be looking at that do reflect back something that have us start to focus on our personal greatness. And whether it's how I judge myself in different regards, you know, it's fascinating that the average person assumes that they're better than average in multiple pursuits. And the average person thinks that they're a better driver than average. The average person thinks that they are more talented in quite a variety of ways. And again, unless it's something that's very foreign to us, um, so many of us will not think that we are a better than average uh, you know, ice climber, whether we're better than average sumo wrestler. But fascinatingly, when we project into our mind a, a total fictional visual, if we perceive ourselves playing a role that's really outside of ourselves, if right now we try to envision ourselves playing against an NBA basketball team, and I'm just up there alone, one-on-one against an NBA center, or I'm right now um, racing in, in a skiing race against a world-class skier, we have the capacity to envision ourselves as winning that race, as scoring the point against that NBA star, we have the capacity to envision things that are rather ridiculous. And we tend to, when we, when we get into like a, um, this kind of um, daydreaming mode, if we start to envision these things, it's more common that when we're in a healthy mental state, that we'll perceive ourselves as being excellent in pursuits that make no sense for us to imagine we would ever be excellent in that realm. Because we tend to have this bias 
towards thinking of our superiority. And there are all types of names for this, 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 um, this, this reaction that people have to, okay, I'm now encountering a certain mode. I, I learned how to do something and I do it and very quickly assuming I'm better than everybody else in this. So whatever it is, you know, you're out there, first time you're playing a certain sport, okay, the very beginning, you know, you have no idea what to do. But very soon after that, you can start imagining yourself as better than others. And soon after that, you start really thinking you are better than others. Okay, of course, there are stars who are better than I am. I don't think I'm a better driver than the guy who won the Indy 500. But I think I'm better than the average driver on the street surrounding me. But if most of us think that, there's something statistically out of place over here. We look at these other mirrors, we reflect on ourselves in different capacities of life. We can make the mistake of thinking, hey, I am so special. Look at that very special me over there. And then that gets in the way of our recognizing that maybe I should still be turning to others for guidance in these realms. Maybe I should still be seeking inspiration, uh, you know, further education, you know, further um, strengthening of skills, talents, whatever it is, fill in the blank, if we cloud our vision, if by look, we look in that mirror and we come back with a report that I'm better than most, we ultimately do ourselves a disfavor, then we're not gonna look to try to better develop ourselves. Not as extreme as this Nazir who sings something that can overtake him and destroy him, but there are degrees to which when we let ourselves perceive our greatness, we can let it carry ourselves away and make mistakes that, you know, within how I balance myself vis-a-vis -vis others in different social settings, work settings, whatever it is, and I'm mistranslating what I'm seeing in that conceptual mirror. We should try to do a reset, again, without swearing off the great products and the hair grooming and, uh, God forbid, attending the funeral, but in a Reset of when I see that, oh, I'm so great. It's not an issue of trying to deflate and take away our self-esteem, but whatever talents I have, they're purposeful to the degree that I can channel them to something greater. That body of the Nazarite, he's not being told, get rid of the body, get rid of the hair. He's being told, channel it, do a reset so you'll know how to use it properly. You know how to go through life with that body, with your hair, with wine, and do it right. Amazingly, when the Nazir finishes the process, and now he or she are allowed to go and partake of wine, the Torah says that afterwards, the Nazir shall drink wine. Well, wait a minute. It's not the Nazir drinking wine. It's the former Nazir. The person who had been the Nazir, now he's no longer a Nazir, and now he can drink wine, but the Torah calls him a Nazir. Now the Nazir can drink wine, and the commentaries explain, because if he did this right, and he's now infused with the, the Nuzzer badge, right? He has the Nuzzer um, elements seared into his or herself. And now they can go through life and go back and take that glass of wine and do it appropriately, not let it destroy them. So if we can use those moments when we're looking in that mirror, thinking about ourselves, reflecting on our talents, and when we are starting to feel, hey, hey, I'm so special. Did they notice me? Uh, and I, am I getting the honor I deserve? Whoa, whoa, maybe that's a little bit of that ill inclination jumping us as he did to that Nazarite from the South. And then we've got to do that reset.
maybe at least a soft reset and ponder, okay, well, wait a minute. What is this? What is this about me that's letting me get carried away? How can I put that into proper perspective? How can I channel this special thing about myself to something bigger? Because the body, as that Nazir said, that's a world that's not yours. Temporary, not lasting. The soul, eternal. Taking the message to heart, mimicking that Nazir of the South. When we are letting something have a start feeling a little bit too big and therefore not aspiring to how can I actually grow? Blocking our capacity to turn to others for guidance and God forbid also having a start become condescending and pushing others down. That's happening. Let's do that reset, get ourselves back in perspective. Then we can take our talents, we can take our greatness and use them in a balanced way in the world like that Nazarite that comes back into the world and can live comfortably in this world. But at the same time, always striving to greater heights and becoming the type of people who will be destined to achieve our tachlis.